You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello, and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network. My name is not Manish. It's your favorite host, Abby, and I am joined here today with a very, very special guest. Now, this guy, he's going to have the hottest reggae album dropping. Welcome, Manoj. Thank you, sir, for having me. I'm more of a heavy metals guy, like I like (laughs) ACDC, Metallica, Megadeth. Iron Maiden. Okay. Actually, Iron Maiden was my first concert, and I have been like loving it since. So, I wouldn't consider myself the, you, a reggae artist. When you went to that concert, the Iron, like, I've been, to, I've seen of all the of all the bands you've listed, I've seen one of them, and that was Iron Maiden. Um, and they had that giant robot on stage. They had yes. that back in your day. I'm not that old, much older than you. <laughs> Usually, yeah. there was there was the internet when I when I grew up. Oh, really? Really? Was it on yes. computers? Uh, no, smoke signals, actually. We, <laughs> that was the way we used to communicate. Yeah. We had pigeons write notes, put them in their, in their little claws, and they just fly and deliver the mail. <laughs> well, we've come a long way since. Like, You know what our listeners are actually kind of scratching their heads about? What? The fact that you're Manoj, and our co-host usually here is Manish. Yeah, actually, I get that a lot. People butcher my name all the time so i just say call me sir call you sir <laughs> is that how we should be yeah, referring to you yeah, it's like your highness your holiness your great your greatness your, your greatness the great <laughs> one like whatever i'll take whatever like title here's like we're, we're all we all have our names that is our identity that is our label you know what i'm proud of mine you're proud of yours let's go with it there we go there we go and with that we are going to be talking about something very special here, and Manoj is a very special guest. And although he's not dropping a Reg A album, he will be talking about Regulation A raises today. Um, so before we get started, I do want to say next week we're going to be back uh, talking more specifically about cannabis names. Now, we're recording this in at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday, March 30th. And if you guys have been following the markets, it has been an absolute bloodbath. Now, diamond hands will prevail, especially in cannabis. A lot of these US MSOs have been beaten up in the last week. You guys all know our thoughts on where we stand in cannabis. We still love the sector. There's plenty of catalysts that are coming, whether it's uplisting, um, federal legalization, Safe Banking Act, et cetera. We all know the numbers that all these companies are referring, or sorry, are. Uh, um, Posting, especially the U.S. MSOs, are incredible. So, you know, as long as you've listened to us and high-graded your portfolio and you know what you hold, you should not be worried. You should actually be excited because these names are on sale. One name that I've been adding to, as you guys know, I went to a lot of cash uh, about three weeks ago, and I've been slowly trickling back in, uh, mostly in AYR and Columbia Care. I started to add GTI, and the reason I started to add GTI was the Chicago Tribune did an article on them. Check it out. Uh, it's not the most favorable article. Uh, the stock got absolutely hammered. It's down about 10%. I know that GTI is a fantastic company. I know that Ben Kovler is a fantastic CEO, and they're on to great things. So, you know, I've been picking it up slowly over here. Um, again, very, very slowly. I've been dipping my toe in. Uh, and I'll continue to buy all the way up because I do believe in the in the company. I do have conviction in the space. And um, like I said, you know, if you've been listening to us, you've been high grading your portfolio, and you should be actually ecstatic that these names are on sale. Now, with that, we will get into our actual agenda today. So, a lot of a lot of us here, you know, uh, we've talked a lot about private placements in this podcast and sometimes we get listeners coming back being like hey listen you know i'm not a billionaire i don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to just sort of throw around investments i'm just getting started um and you know that that's that's actually a misconception 
although predominantly you do need to be an accredited investor to invest in private placements, there are other avenues. And that's why we want to talk about Regulation A. And Regulation A, or Reg A, as we're going to refer it to it, um, it's really big in the States, and Manuj and I will sort of kind of get into it. So we're going to talk about what is a Reg A versus a private placement? How is a Reg A or how is Reg A changing the entire investment landscape? Um, what are Reg A investments? How do you find Reg A deals? Why is Reg A getting so popular? Uh, and then what are the downsides of Reg A investing? Because not everything is rosy, as you guys know, right? We don't only showcase the opportunities. We also uncover pitfalls and potential landmines that you know we want to make sure that you guys uh, avoid. And so we'll talk about a couple of red flags that uh, you guys as investors should look for in reggae. And that's why we've got the hottest reggae artist here, Manuj. <laughs> so Manuj, welcome. Yes, sir. I can't drop a beat. I'm so sorry. I just admitted up front, I'm not going to try to sing any songs or anything at all because I completely suck. I have no <sighs> tune whatsoever. Buddy, 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 buddy. That was the only reason I brought you on here. Really? I thought it was my good I thought it was my looks. It's for the you well, said yes, I had a face that for too. That you too. said I had a face for radio and I was really excited <laughs> about it. We're already off to a great start. To a great start. Um well so here, you know what? Let's give everybody a background for what you are because clearly you are not a reggae artist. Yes. Um news is very well accomplished. He's got over 20 years of experience in finance and the technology sector. He's predominantly been focused on business development, sales, and growing companies from scratch. Um, him and I met actually in at a conference, and you know it blossomed into a wonderful friendship. Uh, he's currently a consultant in capital markets. He's based out of Toronto. Uh, and you know he's help, he's supporting a lot of companies raise capital through equity crowdfunding, and that's something that him and I our paths cross quite a bit. And he's been he's been going off my ear about reggae, reggae, reggae. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Let's give this a chance. About eight months ago, I'd say we started him and I started really uh, getting more into it. He's written a wonderful white paper, um, which I think will be available. Um, to our listeners, I mean, you know, Manoj, it's up to you. You don't have to put, we don't have to put you on the spot, but if we get something, we'll put, we'll, we'll give it to our, our, uh, our listeners here. I'll have something um, nice prepared for you. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That'd be, that would be wonderful. And so, I mean, like with that, Manoj, you know, it's, it's a pretty big, uh, it's, it's a pretty impressive CV. And with 20 years of experience, hopefully you can bestow some of that knowledge onto us. Now, you know, what is reggae? Manish. So regulation A is a beast exemption. I call it a beast because anything, the, everything in the U.S. is massive. And okay. it is an American exemption that allows uh, small, medium business owners to access capital and with, a, with a much lower compliance threshold that you would have to go through based on our experiences with private placements, going public or any other type of means of raising money. And it, the, it got its legs in about 2012 when uh, President Obama signed in the Jobs Act. And okay. the objective was is that there's always this argument you talk about Main Street to Wall Street. And it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a fight between, the, uh, between that for years. And as you stated in, in the introduction of the show, um, people do complain that why do I not have access? Why is it the only well-connected or affluent people get opportunities to get into these transactions or deals, be it real estate, be it the early cannabis deals or whatever sector it is. And I, as an average person, do not have the privilege to have these opportunities. And that's mm -hmm. where regulation A is coming uh, and bringing value is that it's actually uh, providing access. And, it's democratizing equity finance. Well, I want to say democratizing because it, uh, in the point mean democratizing means everybody is equal. There is still, uh, it, it, it's more of saying that everybody has access to it. It's more public. Like, you know, earlier we were saying, what is the difference between regulation A and private placements? How I would just simplify, explain this, private statements are still private. The way they're structured, as you stated, as you likely have to be an accredited investor, it's restricted to a special club. Okay. Where regulation gotcha. A is more public. It's designed as 
a public offering without actually being on a stock exchange. So a company can market their offering to as many people they can in the US and even outside, like non-Americans can invest in it, but they have to be accredited. Right. um, And have access to opportunities that you wouldn't see in the past. Yeah, let's just let's just put up, you know, that's a lot of information (laughs) that you just put out there. So let's let's, let's really dissect this. Let's really dissect this. So, okay, it started in 2012 with President Obama. He put he put uh, this out out uh, out there under the Jobs Act. For those of you who don't know, Jobs stands for Jumps. uh, Sorry, Jumpstart Our Businesses. Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act. That's what it stands for. Regulation A uh, basically allowed a lot of smaller companies to raise capital. Now there was two tiers, right? There's tier one and tier two. So correct me if I'm wrong, tier one, there you were able to raise up to 20 million, tier two, you were ra- able to raise up to 50 million. Uh, tier two now has been, has, the limit has gone up to 75 million effective wow. March 15th. Okay, great. So, and the significant and difference- And that's US two, dollars too. Yeah, US dollars. And the difference between the two tiers is mostly the compliance work. So in a tier right. one raise, you don't need to have a broker dealer. Uh, you don't need audited statements. The, the requirements are much lower on a documentation point of view. However, so mm-hmm. you need blue sky approval in each state. So meaning that each state has to approve your deal to be soliciting investors in that geographical area. Whereas okay. with a tier two, uh, you can you have to have audited statements to hit the 75 million and you also can get, you also need a broker dealer and the broker dealer allows you to uh, basically blanket the entire United States. So you gotcha. don't have to go to each individual test. You can literally solicit every um, over 18 age individual that has an online presence for selling all your offering. Okay, gotcha. And I know for tier two, especially for non-accredited investors. So an accredited investor in Canada is somebody who has more than $200,000 in income or, or, a million dollars in investable assets or $5 million in uh, investable assets with, with joint with their spouse. I mean, it, it can change based on what province you are. Um, and I think in the States, they call them qualified investors. But for tier two, uh, non-accredited investors can only invest up to 10% of their income or net worth, whichever is greater per offering. Yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and in tier one, only accredited investors or qualified investors can invest. Well, in, in tier one, there is a limit. I actually, unfortunately, don't remember it by heart. Uh, but even in tier one, uh, regular investors not, can, can invest, non-qualified can invest as well. So it's they still can? Open. Okay. They, they, still, they still can. You're, they're just the process of solicitation is limited. Okay. And so I would always say, I mean, from, from when you just gave me those two descriptions right there, the first thing that was glaring at me was tier one is obviously more risk. You have unaudited financial statements, less regulatory requirements. Uh, and, you know, that to me is like, okay, the numbers that the company gives you are not, have not been audited by a third party. Yeah. It's, okay. it's much lower threshold. That's why you capped at 20 million. Okay. Gotcha. Um, However, uh, and, and, and I do agree with you, just on an operations point of view, um, when the core of Regulation A is the ability to solicit the investors using d- digital marketing, online, creating all your campaigns, uh, you attract the investors, you engage with them, and the ultimate goal is to convert them into shareholders. Mm-hmm. You don't know where that investor is located. So you build all these campaigns out. You're soliciting the specific investors. You're hoping Sorry, you're, you're 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 talking more on from the issuer's perspective, right? Yeah, from, from, the, the, from the company's perspective. Gotcha. So the company's like marketing to all these investors, and you don't know where the investors are physically located. So the tier one, it's hard. To, it you go through all this budget and acquiring investors, but you can't solicit them, you can't sell them because they may not be in the geographical areas where you've been approved. Whereas okay, tier gotcha. Two, Is... You can do anywhere in the United States. Okay, gotcha. Aside from the fact, like, okay, for example, let's say this, is there an easy way to spot a a tier one raise versus a tier two raise aside from the gross proceeds? Because obviously, if they're raising 50 million or 60 million, you know, it's tier two, because tier one's limited to that. But what if they're only raising 10 million? You know, if they're only raising $10 million, could you have both? Could you have a tier two reg A raise, raise $10 million? Yes, you can. Like, so even if you get approved for the 75 million limit, you're not obliged to raise all $75 million. 
and the campaign can last up to 12 months. So uh, there are many things the company can do. They can uh, issue a tranches of shares of, of raises, meaning they start with 5 million, see how people like it. Do they fill out the, uh, the block? And then a month later, restart a new raise at 10 million. Then restart a new one after uh, with 15 million. They're just capped at 75 million every rolling 12 months. Gotcha. And so that's called uh, testing the waters. Is that correct? Well, testing the waters it allows a company to actually like test, is there an appetite for their offering? So like meaning, pre-reggae. Yeah, pre-reggae, but they can't okay. solicit. Meaning that uh, you, let's say I am a company that wants to raise money and I want to see, is there an appetite out there? Would people be interested in my story, in my business? And do I have something that appeals to them? And I send you an email. It's like, hey, I'm a cannabis company. Uh, we are looking to raise capital. This is our business model. Would you be interested? And if you re de demonstrate interest, means saying, yes, I respond back to the email or I give you my name and phone number and yeah, an email, then I, as a company, can keep that in my database. And once I have started my campaign, I could come back to you and say, hey, Abby, you express interest. We're now live. Here's the information. And here's okay. our shares. Here's how much we're selling for. Here's how we're looking to raise. And here's our uh, offering circular that explains our entire offering. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so how is that different, right, from between tier one and tier two? Can tier two, can tier one do the offering circular and all that? Well, so... When you submit, so to be approved to do Regulation A, you have to be approved by the SEC. So and do you know that, what, what the approval process or what the approval, like what, what's required, like who can get approved? So first you have to be either a Canadian or American entity company that is do, doing operations in Canada or the US. Um, blank check companies, meaning like uh, pool companies SPAC or, or SPACs are not allowed, or okay. CPCs are not allowed. So you have to have an actual operations. And, uh, and, the, and furthermore, uh, government agencies are not allowed and funds are not allowed. So these are what I, off the top of my head, I do remember. Um, if mm -hmm. more pop up, I'll forward you the, the details if I can remember those. Um, but let's say those are, those, those are the bulk of the companies that would not be allowed. And then what they have to do is they fill out uh, an application called a 1A, which is mm -hmm. a form by the SEC that explains them what their business is, what's their business plan, what are what they want to do with them under use of proceeds um give a little background information about the people running the business the government does a, a bad actors check to make sure these are not uh, fraudulent fraudsters to the best of their ability they they want to make sure that the average person is not taken advantage of and right no black like a black like red flags mm -hmm. and then you submit your lawyer submits that to the sec which is the securities exchange commission and right. the Security Exchange Commission will then evaluate it. There's a back and forth to the point that they're satisfied with all their points. And if they approve you, you can ready to launch. Okay. And okay. And that's called being qualified. So till you hit the point of qualified, you're allowed to market and do testing the waters. And when you're saying market, like what do you what do you mean by that? Like are you allowed mm -hmm. to because soliciting and marketing, you you've used those words very carefully. Yeah. So soliciting actually means I ask you for money and in exchange for securities, for shares. Right. Mm -hmm. Marketing means that you are actually physically pushing out content or any type of messaging out there to measure the appetite of your offering. Okay. The mar what is marketing? Essentially, marketing is the, is the, uh, approach of communicating a value proposition from one entity to another. So here right. we're a company is trying to push, uh, explain their value proposition and attract retail investors. So like, could you have, for example, let's say like, in, like say like, Hey, listen, you know, let's say I'm doing a reggae raise to you and I send you, um, I'm testing the waters, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm doing a marketing right now. I'm not, I'm not soliciting an order from you, but could I be like, Hey, listen, you know, we've got this great investment opportunity. Uh, these are the investment highlights. It's got, you know, a strong management team, barriers to entry, a clean balance sheet, and a very tight cap table. Um, we think it's going to do very well because of A, B, and C reason. 
and I it, like so far I'm still above board, right? That's still technically well, just marketing. the information that you provided there is still um, not allowed. You have to be much more like subtle in the sense like, hey, we'd be looking to raise capital. Here's some information about our company. Uh, please review if you're interested. It'll be we'll put you on our list. Right, um, but what about the company? Like it, the information that I'm providing about the company, right? Because like you know, I think all of our listeners and especially myself how we look at companies is we look for, you know, we look for a compelling story. We want to see a strong management team. We want to see clean balance sheets and compelling numbers, and we want to see a tight cap structure. So all the numbers and cap structure are not public information. unless you're a public entity. Right. And the purpose of you pushing out that information ah, is gotcha. to solicit, right? Okay. So, so for us, like both you and I have had experiences in, in private placements in the past. And because we have been privy to this information, we are allowed to make our decision. And that's in the act of solicitation for money. But okay. in Regulation A, because you're approaching average people who may not have access to the advisors, may not have access to the, uh, the people who can help them like, assess if this, if this investment is right for them, therefore, you, can, you have to be very careful in what you're communicating and how you're communicating. So gotcha. under testing the waters, it has to be much more generic, saying that, hey, we're a cannabis company. We'll be looking to raise capital. Please hear some information about us, about our, about our business. And if you are interested, please provide us your contact information. We'll add you to our waiting list. And once we're ready to once we launch, then we will contact you. That's pretty gotcha. much what you're allowed on testing the waters. That's what you're allowed to say for testing the waters. Okay. And so how does that differ for a private placement? Well, in, in a private placement, I, from the, my, my past experiences is usually they're private, right? And uh, not many people are soliciting them openly or marketing oh, are, them openly. Sorry, are, are Reg A companies already public or are they private going public? Well, they could be public, they could be private entities, they could be companies that want to go public. They're the reggae from what it originally started from the job when the job act was is, uh, issued to what it is now has really evolved. Okay. I was under the impression that they were private companies that were looking to go public. I didn't realize that you could already be public and do. And a reggae you could be a public entity and raise capital under the regulation, a, uh, exemption. And okay. Gotcha. Like uh, if I can use one example of a company that I was, uh, we worked with, um, gauge, uh, USA, they're a, Michigan-based uh, cannabis company with a lot of retail locations. They're operational. They were making money. And but hold uh, on, but, sorry, the Gage example. Gage is private though, right now. Right? It's a private company that was going, that is going public. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So what they did was um, they started a reggae campaign, and the purpose was that was to get a large enough shareholder base. So that when they do go public, there's an opportunity for getting some liquidity and trading on their stock because there's already a shareholder base existing and create market value. Gotcha. And so, was there okay? So yeah, you know what? Gauge is actually a cannabis company that I really like. I think I think they're going to do very well. Yeah. Uh, they're located in Michigan. I mean, and so that's actually this is this is how you and I started really really started talking about reggae. Uh, was that and so I mean look I know we, we, we can't really share too much details on the rage on on the raise itself. Um, but I would say Gage is actually probably the best company I've ever seen market a reggae. Gage um, is a really unique situation. So what is actually, I want to say unique. I hope they become the standard bearer. Let me rephrase that. It's a very, because what has happened with them is they're, they had an operating, they have an operating business. Uh-huh. They're making money. They're very popular. They have a great, client base that is loyal in Michigan and Michigan is one of the most uh, like uh, growing and profitable markets in the US. Uh-huh. They started their regulation A. Uh, we had a lot of there were a lot of retail investors that signed on and started investing. But in their marketing efforts, they caught the attention of institutionals and family offices. Uh-huh. So what happened with uh, and this is all public information. If you Google it online, say Gage USA, Regulation A financing, you'll, all this information is available there. Um, a large family office consumed about 75% of their raise. Of their Reg A raise? Of their Regulation A raise. So they raised about what, $51 million, almost 75% okay. of it was consumed by a few uh, 
um, a few larger investors for large institutional investors and founders. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and so why? I mean, why would Gage engage in a why would Gage engage in a Regulation A raise? Well, they're operating in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you the regulation like, were they just a, not ready to go public. Well, even if you want to go public, uh, you want to build up an investor base. Right? And so they wanted predominantly U.S. shareholders. U.S. shareholders because they're U.S. operating, and what right. that allows them to do is get then get listed in the in a U.S. on a U.S. platform. And right now, it's the only the OTC that they list. But as you were mentioning earlier in this uh, in this uh, in the show about all the potential changes that can happen in the United States from the uh, Banking Act and so on, mm-hmm. once they actually are enacted, then it'll be unopened. These companies can go from the OTC potentially onto the uh, proper exchange like the NASDAQ or yeah, the, the New Stock Exchange and uplist. Mm-hmm. And that is a complete game changer for the industry. So that's why I'm very excited about the cannabis sector because re- due to all, even with these, all these restrictions, even as with all these barriers and obstacles that these companies have to go through, they're still thriving and growing and raising capital and making money. Oh, Imagine for sure. when all these sure. all these rules get loosened up and they can function like normal companies. Oh, for sure. You know, we we've I think we've uh, we really 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 hammered that message home to all of our listeners here, and that's why I was saying, you know, everyone should be happy of this pullback because this is a buying opportunity, at least away from from my from my perspective. Uh, and and you know, you just hit on all the reasons why it is definitely like, you know uplisting and whatnot. It's like we've got billion dollar companies trading on pink sheet exchanges, right? So it's. It's it's funny. No other industry does that. Um, before we digress, though, Reg A is not necessarily exclusive to cannabis. Any company can use. I mean, obviously, aside from the uh, restrictions that Manoj uh, said earlier, so no SPACs, no investment companies, foreign companies outside of U.S. Canada, uh, and then I think there's something else you, uh, about oil and gas companies, right? They can't sell fractional. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, you can't sell. A- parts of a business or fractions of a business. It has to be an entire offering of one entity. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd, you'd, you mentioned that to me before. So, so it's not just exclusive to cannabis now. Um, you know, how is reggae changing the landscape? I, I originally said, how is reggae going to change the landscape, but reggae has been out for, for quite some time, you know, it's yeah. almost been, uh, eight, nine years. Wow. Um, and so, you know, how has reggae sort of changed the landscape and how do you see it going forward? Because, you know, you've sort of become the expert on Bay Street on reggae for that reason. Well, what I see, and this is just, once again, it's my opinion, and uh, I hope that this is the direction it's actually going to end up in. What the advantage of regulation is, because you're allowed to solicit or mark digitally, market online, it it allows for the awareness and access to the opportunity. And that doesn't mean just a regular retail investor. It means anybody can see the offering. So right now, if let's say if it was a tech company, uh, and when 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 I entered, when I what attracted me to enter into space was, I want to be in capital markets. I want to be the next Facebook. I want to be involved in these successful, sexy companies. And look how they're doing. They went into like Uber had this VC invest in them. They're worth now billions of dollars. So why can't I be part of this? But if you go to a private equity firm, you go into a VC, you go to an investment bank, not every company fits their model. All these companies have a mandate. They look for certain things that fit their particular business model, uh, their particular investor base. And as a result, majority of the companies don't have access. So what regulation has done is that without you having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars you can spend, you still need compliance, you'll need legal, you still need maybe audits and other uh, documentation, but you can literally beta test your offering to a retail audience, validate your business, because if retail investors really like your story, really like your operations, that's just confirming that you have a good business model. Right, right. Okay. And as you stated earlier, I mentioned earlier, like it's capped about 10% of your income or net worth. Then if an individual does, let's say, for example, I'm, we're doing an investment, it's a thousand dollars and my net worth is a hundred thousand. And so I'm capped at $10,000. Now right. I can invest 10, $1,000 deals and diversify. 
Oh, okay. So it's an aggregate of all the reggae deals that you invested in, not just like I thought it was. I thought it was like if, for example, let's use Gage as an example. Let's say Gage came to me and let's say I made a hundred thousand dollars in a year. That was my um, whatever determined net worth. I could only put ten percent of it. So I thought it was, I could only put my hand up for ten thousand dollars with a Gage. But let's say uh, you know um, who is the other cannabis company? Juva Life, right? Juva Life, yeah. Yeah. Let's say if Juva Life came to me. I would no longer be allowed to participate in their reggae because I already have ten thousand dollars worth of gauge. Is that what you're saying, it, or is, it's, or would it, I be able to participate? Per year. Oh. It's per year, per twelve months, right? So in a calendar oh, year, okay. if you're capped at ten percent, um, unless, as you stated earlier, you become a qualified investor, meaning that you sat down with a investment advisor, they uh, reviewed your portfolio and deemed that it is not you, you are still, let's say, it fits under your uh, investment risk. Right, right. So well, actually, then... actually, here I just want to I want to point point one thing out, <clears throat> and I only know this from from experience. There are many ways to be classified as a qualified investor. It doesn't necessarily have to be through an investment advisor. You can get a letter of opinion from a lawyer, and you can get uh, uh, a letter of opinion from from an accountant as well. Yes. Right. So, um, so, so, th so there are other ways ways to do it. And so, if that happens, then your cap goes up. Um, okay. So... Gotcha. But let's say if it's your max of ten thousand, uh, and you invest a thousand in one deal, you still have you can still do nine more, and so now you're allowed right. to diversify. You don't have your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. and these are really high risk invent, uh, investments, right? Compared to it, right. all other investment products that are available, there these are very high risk. So you invest well, at your own risk. I'm really glad that you brought that up because they are very high risk investments, and you know. We always, always, always talk about the uncertainties in investing. And with reggae, reggae has actually gotten a bad rep. And the bad rep that it's gotten is that, you know, if, if a company goes down the reggae path, it's like, well, why did they choose to go down that path? Why did they just get an underwriter? Why aren't they going after uh, accredited investors? Um, and so th this is why I wanted to get you kind of on here. I wanted to get you on here for, 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 for a multitude of reasons. One being, you know, I wanted people to see that, hey, listen, if you're not if you're a non-accredited investor and you want access to private placements or if you want access to pre-IPOs, there is an opportunity for you. It is reggae. Uh, and also, you, everybody has to be well aware of the risks of, of, of investing, especially in privates. One of the biggest ones being liquidity risk and the second one being lack of information. That happens all the time. Um, and then the last thing uh, is just having not necessarily just the opportunities um, or sorry, it is getting access to the deal flow. Right. Um, and so, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, what reggae is. We've talked about sort of how to get access to, or sorry, we haven't talked about how to get access to, to reggae. And that's what I wanted to chat with you about is how do you find reggae deals? So there's a few ways that you can just Google to say, hey, reggae companies, reggae uh, campaigns. And there's two types of uh, reggae deals out there. Uh, one are, I call like their, their self uh, self-marketed others are like on an aggregated platform and what that means is like for example in the u.s there are platforms like WeFunder, or the largest one is start engine or cedar these are crowdfunding platforms that present an aggregate multiple different companies that are presented on their sites wait so, so sorry result, what, what are they called again um they're, uh, they're they crowdfunding called? platforms the crowdfunding platforms i call them aggregators because they're aggregating all these deals on one spot so you can right. go on through their site and see multiple different types of offerings and then pick and choose what you want to invest okay gotcha. so when you said cedar like you don't mean cedar right like you don't mean no, no cedar s-e-e-d-r uh okay 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 it's, it's a it's cedar. another crowdfunding platform in the u.s okay. um and so this way you can go see their offerings all their information has to be displayed on the platform and the platforms all can process the transactions as well so one thing mm -hmm. uh different from private placements traditionally private placements are done on paper now it's like docusign then you have to go wire the money to your bank or deposit it to get uh, to get a draft out and mail it the whole experience with uh regulation a and and the, the crowdfunding world is a complete digital experience it's like e-commerce uh, okay. or securities it's pretty cool. I think it's cool the way the oh, oh, buddy. I'm with you. I'm with you. You and I. We've done a lot of privates together, and they're cumbersome, and th th that that sector is ripe for disruption, right? For sure. And uh, yeah, it's like because like, right now I can I can buy anything on Amazon with a click of a button, but for getting a private place and where I'm buying securities, it's literally like jumping doing a a marathon and going through hurdles all the time. Oh, for sure. Hoping. You got to get a subscription document. It's like 65 pages long. And Actually. 
Yeah. And those are the small ones. Yeah, I know. So to, to, to go back to your question about how do you get access to these deals, like you can go to these platforms and that's one way. And then a lot of many, and the other type of deals are individual ones, meaning that we're instead of a company saying, well, I don't want to share my investors with other potential companies, because if you go onto this platform and you're promoting your business, whereas there's another shiny toy there and the investor says, well, you know what? I don't want to invest in the company I came here for. I'm going to invest in that other opportunity. So you, you have that risk. So as a result, another business, uh, another tactic a companies use is they, they set up their own website, let's say on their own company website, have an investment page where they post all their personal reggae information and approval and or offering access to the offering circular from the SEC website, and then mm-hmm. have their own portal where people can process a transaction. So, okay, gotcha. So there's a, these are the two main tactics that people use for offering these deals. Right. Now, another really easy way to actually have access to these deals is on the SEC website. So you can Google SEC Regulation A 1-A because 1-A is the uh, form that has to be filled out to submit to the SEC for details. And you can actually see the entire list of all the filings. Ah, so like, okay. uh, so like oh, for, for. for public companies, look for an S1 for the filings okay. in the US. Here you just do a 1A. And then they'll show you all the applications, all the information. And another thing why I really like Regulation A for compared to private placements is that all the information has to be presented publicly, and it's on the SEC website. So when gotcha. either on you're on a you're on a, a crowdfunding platform or you're on your own website, you have to provide the investor access to the offering circular. And in the offering circle, you have the entire business plan, any financials proceeds of funds, anything, any disclosures that are required are all there. So that's a good piece of information um, because, you know, we love to, we love to take, to, to, to take a deep dive in our investments. We love, we, we go through CDAR, even SETI and whatnot here for, uh, for the, for the public company. So I didn't know this existed. So it's SEC, you Google SEC Reg A 1-A, we'll put a link to it for sure. And so every single company who's filed for one has, one of these uh, these documents filed and so Manuj, like do you typically like for example with gauge you know you go through their investor presentation do you try to do you pull back that 1a and see if it lines up uh that's the first thing i look into you look at the 1a before you go look at the deck because because the deck has to be presented in the 1a itself it could be uh it could be presented as like in a in a word document type or pdf type uh, submitted to the content of the deck has to be available on the 1a exactly Exactly. Right. And, and a deck also is a marketing tool, right? It's mm-hmm. a, and the 1A is more bare bones, brass. Uh, so as a result, you could see all the information there. They even have to provide uh, more thorough background information to uh, the actual uh, people behind the company. And if this uh, individual who's, who's behind the company has done money, other raises, you can actually click on their name and see all the deals they've been affiliated with. Or say that say, say that again. If if so, basically, you, in in certain files, uh, certain filings, when there are people who have done multiple raises under Regulation A, you could write like people or companies. Do you mean like, like individuals? Issuers? Individuals. So for an issuer, you'll always see, they have a special like everybody has an account number. Everybody every every issuer has an ID number, and okay. every filing they've done to the SEC, you can actually find the company. You can search them out and see every info, filing they've done. So if they've done multiple Reg A's then reggae raises that every submission will be there. Um, after a company does a regulation A, they're considered a reporting issuer. So as a result, they have to do their quarterly filings. I think the it's called a 10Q or 8K, or which I forgot what the form was called, but right. they have to submit regularly to the SEC anyways, as if they were a public company and do right. proper disclosures. So that's one other thing I like about regulation A is that the companies are obliged to actually disclose their financials and any material information about their business on a consistent basis. But the, are these tier two companies or tier one companies? Both. 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 Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, sorry. So, for the individuals, do you mean by like the investors? So you can see. No, what that, let's say, let's say there's a like a somebody who's a CEO, and oh, he, uh, gotcha. Or or the or okay. the founders or anybody the executives who are presenting this offering, you can yeah. do a background check of them. Ah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to sort of dive a little bit more into it because, yeah, I've never participated in a regulation in a reggae financing, right? Um, uh, and it's just because, you know, I've gotten access to privates and whatnot, but it's something that, that and, and I'm also Canadian, so I don't, 
you know we don't we don't get we don't get solicited reggae financing uh, as much but with you know cannabis <clears throat> sort of growing in popularity not not necessarily just uh, from a consumer from a consumption standpoint but also from an investment standpoint down in the United States um, I've gotten a lot more people asking if I'd heard of reggae and you know that's why you, you sort of came to mind um, and so you know what do you like we, we've sort of talked about this we've sort of talked about where the reggae funds are what they are um, you know what do you think is sort of a couple like what's the downside of, of a reggae investment a they're really high risk um, okay as you stated earlier there's no underwriter more likely there's no underwriter so mm -hmm. if a, a company or an individual wants to come up with an idea are able to have enough money for the legals and and audits and then basically set up an opportunity and present it um, you have to really do your due diligence. Um, and, and, and even though the SEC may approve it, the risk is they may not actually have a business. It may be just a concept with no operations. You put your money in there and the money just disappears. Right. Okay. Right? It's, it's, you're still investing in a private company. Right. Or, and so the big, what I find like we talked about gauge earlier, what I love about them is they have an operating business of an existing brand. Many people know about them, have heard of them, and they're they're generating revenue. And they already declared before the reggae was complete that they're going to be going public. And so therefore, you, you know their intentions. And you right. know they have an operating business. They do actually exist. Whereas right. there are many other companies, they're just a concept. They're just something on paper. Mm -hmm. They may not. So one has to do their due diligence and make sure, like, where am I putting my money? Unless that money is uh, so negligible to your overall portfolio that you don't really care. But to be honest with you, you no, know, I don't even care if I put a hundred bucks somewhere, I want to feel comfortable that I'm making the right decision. For sure. For sure. And so exactly. And that, and that's what um, I really want to hammer home is just because you have access to reggae does not necessarily like reggae is just a, a gateway into investing. It's not necessarily, uh, it's not due diligence. So, you know, you hit it on the head there, do your due diligence, make sure that what you are investing in is actually a, a company that has potential. Because, look, listen, I've invested in pre-revenue companies. I've invested in quite a few pre-revenue companies, and I've done quite well, right? That's sort of how I got invested in, in cannabis. Like even two years ago in cannabis, um, especially Canadian cannabis, they were all they were all pre-revenue companies. You know, they, yeah. they, they it was just it was literally just a business plan. And Manish and I always talk about those days of like, um, you know, the level of due diligence you could do is you were very limited to. Right. And so with these reg A companies, I mean, it's good to see that you have these SEC filings where you can kind of go into the company, then go to management and see how many other deals that this, this, this CEO has done in the past. Um, and like, would you say that that would be a red flag? Like if you went through, let's say somebody came to you with ABC Corp and all of a sudden ABC Corp is doing a reg A filing. You're like, OK, I'm going to Google them. You go on this SEC website, you pull up ABC Corp and then there's, you know, John Smith is the CEO. You click on John Smith and he's done like five other reg A filings in the last, I don't know, three years. Yeah. So then you can go through CH1, how much it raised, Google the company, see if they're actually operating, still functional, mm -hmm. what's going, what's their story. It's really right. important to actually uh, to look that up and see what's actually going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. And will it, I mean, so to see what's going on and, and will it give you sort of like, had the, like, like once the company goes public, like, does that website, like, does it tell you it goes public or like, is it, do you just have to Google it? And then from Google, you find out that it goes public or is there like another document that gets filed? Um, well, if a, if a company that does reggae has to is who's done the regulation a raise and they're going public, they have to file it with the SEC because they're already technically a reporting issuer. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so 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 it's so it's a great way. So yeah, it's a, it's a great way to. So I mean, look, like there is there is some advantages to to doing a reggae filing because the companies have to disclose a lot more. So you know, investors should get a little bit more of a peace of mind of what they're investing in. Uh, and what, what what are some of the files that you've worked on on the reggae side that have done you know that have been successful that have done really well that um, they, the, the most recent one is Gage Gage we were involved in their portfolio and their file they did relatively well um, mm -hmm. through not really like Juva Life as well I was part of the portfolio uh, part of the uh, process in a different role I worked for another technology company that processed uh, uh, the back end of compliance work so mm -hmm. that was another deal that I thought went very very well. Um, let's see off the top of my head. Um, 
I wanted to work on Elegance brand, but uh, didn't have the opportunity. I'm let's see what other deal I was part of. Uh, there's another one called Nightscope. They're a technology company, and this company mm-hmm. has done has raised over ninety million through reggae and, uh, and through Regulation A. And basically, the and for them, they have to continuously. How did capital. they raise ninety million reggae if Tier Two can only raise seventy five million? They've done the multiple raises. Oh, okay. So that's seven, that's seventy five million is not aggregate. That's seventy five million is per raise. Per raise. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, over like the last three, four years, like we weren't involved in all of them, but we were part of the li- most latest one. And they're a, a securities robot company. It's like basically having like R2-D2 going and keeping an eye in your mall, <laughs> making sure everything is okay. And if they identify a threat, then they call the security guards to come show up. That's a really cool, it's a really, it's, it's a really cool company. Please check them out. It's called Nightscope. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of cannabis cultivators should be hiring those companies, right? Just <laughs> to get GAP, GSP approval. You need to have state-of-the-art uh, security, and so imagine having R2D2 chase out uh, 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 criminals. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, especially if they had lasers, laser beams. That would be really cool. <laughs> um, and so I guess uh, the other the other thing that I did want to work over coming to an end end on this episode over here, and the other thing that I did really want to want to stress, especially about uh, reggae, is that look, it is it is just a gateway. You know, there there is you you should always be doing your due diligence, and it's good, and it's great that uh, you know Manu that you told us about this uh, the the SEC website where we can kind of go through and uh, dive uh, like dive a little bit deeper, and then from there, you know, that's a good starting point into uh, into your. Uh, your your due diligence there and you know when you when i when i was googling reggae when you and i first started talking about it a lot of the stuff that came up was like crypto fraud and don't invest in reggae companies and whatnot and you know whenever i see a narrative that's so blatant out there like you know i'm not just going to shy away from something just because like somebody else got scammed right uh i'm gonna i'm not i'm not gonna go blindly into it but i'm gonna go and sort of see okay is there an opportunity here and you know, and it was great because you kept talking to me about it. And you know, Gage is Gage is a great company. And you know, a, a lot of people might have just been turned away um, with Braguet. Um, but you know, it's good to know that it's good to, good to hear from your perspective that um, a quality company like Gage went down the Reggae filing, and that you know it adds some credence to to Regulation A raises. I was a uh, one of my many many years ago I was a financial advisor, and uh, one thing we were like for ingrained in us is basically KYC, know your client and understand their risk profile. Mm-hmm. So what I say to anybody who wants to invest in anything, especially regulation A is just understand what your capacity is. Meaning that if you're putting this money in that you want to hit a home run and uh, basically become like a, a millionaire or some, like a really, really rich overnight, just just take a couple of steps back and really look into what you're investing in because another risk a downfall in regulation a is that these are private companies they may never have a liquidity opportunity they may have a concept have a business model one day everything's fine and dandy next day they're bankrupt yeah you don't know so as a result uh what's what it becomes really important is to understand for an investor that hey you're investing these companies there's a lot of upside but there's also downside and your money can be stuck there for a very long time because they may never ever go public or nobody will ever buy them out. So if you're looking for a liquidity opportunity, meaning that pulling your money out eventually, mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. They that may not ever come. So as long as the, an investor key understands all the potential risks yeah. and, and, and understands how much they can actually discretionary funds they have available to potentially lose at 100% mm-hmm. and then they invest, then, then you know what? There's some great opportunities. For sure, for sure. And you know what? That's a great tidbit of information. And, you know, I, I think that's a strong way. I was going to ask if you wanted to add anything and share your thoughts on it, but I think that's that's definitely it, right? Like, no, you should really, really, really be aware of the risks that are associated with reggae investing, liquidity being one of the most uh, – one of the most important, the other being, you know, the amount that you have to invest in and the fact that um, – there are some fraud concerns and whatnot, but you know what? You shouldn't be just turned o- turned off by reggae raises. It doesn't necessarily mean that every single company that goes through reggae is a bad is a, is a bad company. It's like saying every company on um, the pink sheets is terrible. Meanwhile, truly, GTI, Cresco, they all trade on the pink sheets. Um, so you know, do your due diligence, do your homework. We we wanted to make sure that you guys knew what reggae um, what reggae was 
how to participate in it if you want, uh, if you do want to participate in it. And, you know, it might give you guys some access, access to some private deals. And usually with privates, even though liquidity is a massive concern, lack of information is, is, a, is a great concern. What you get as an incentive for that is you typically get a more favorable valuation. That valuation <clears throat> will usually get re-rated if the company goes public. So be very, 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 very cognizant if that's the liquidity event you're uh, you're going for when you speak with management or when you speak with the rep or when you start looking at how um, to, to invest in reggae, you start looking to see if there is a liquidity event on the horizon. Um, and so even with, so with that, you know, we're, we're going to end the, uh, the podcast on that note, Manoj, thank you so much for coming on here. We will put a link to one of your white papers, uh, with this episode, um, if it gets there in time, if not, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll post it another time for sure. Uh, and so with that guys, if you guys have any questions, if you want to hear about anything, you want some ins- insights on, on cannabis, on reggae, feel free to email us, cinpodcast at gmail.com. This is Abby, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, guys, stay safe. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.